episode it's just me i thought i'd just go solo and answer a few of your questions and delve into sort of one topic and the main topic i'm going to be delving into today uh, is going to be pricing because i've done a pricing workshop a few weeks ago and i'm doing another one tomorrow a lot of you have said to me well you know are you going to be doing anything so we can tune in digitally or anything like that and like i said this will be turned into probably a a mini online course and i'll be doing further follow-ups but i thought it would be sort of useful um, for me to break down, I, can, I guess, a few of the key takeaways that we, I've built into my pricing workshop. And they're going to be around the usual kind of themes that we all come across about how do we you know, raise our rates with the clients and what do we say and what should we do with a retainer. So I thought I'd share some of that information with you because it's um, it always goes down well and I found it really valuable. And then I'd tap on a Q&A at the end. So this week, we're going to be talking all about pricing. So as I said, this week we're going to be dealing with pricing and I'm going to be talking about some of the key takeaways that I've learned from pricing over the years um, that have been probably the most effective as far as teaching me something. I personally am, uh, it's not quite kryptonite, but you know, we all enjoy making money, but the whole accounting side of things is quite exhausting. And even though I've run businesses, when it's your own business and you're completely responsible, it can be quite stressful. So I certainly found the lessons I'm going to be delving into really helpful at kind of prioritizing what I need to focus on in my business to really make a difference. So what I talk about first of all is the real cost of discounting your services. Now we all know that it's very easy to kind of throw in a discount and say well how about uh, I'll give you 10% off if you buy it or we're doing a promotion online and you're kind of like okay uh, I'll give them a 20% off coupon. These things clearly makes sense you know um, I've seen them used everywhere I used to use them in our hotel I'd quite often offer 10% off a room uh, as a kind of deal or a thank you uh, to get a booking and this was fine and it, and it worked well but it wasn't really until uh, I started to look into just how devastating discounting is to your business or how much business you have to make up to compensate for that discount did I really begin to realize oh god I shouldn't be doing this at all so with all these things, um, the main guy who sort of opened my eyes to this is one of my business coaches, John McCarthy, and he's going to be a guest on the show. But he took me through kind of the devastating effect of discounting and how bad it can be on your business. And to give you an insight into kind of a, a sort of stat that will make you kind of um, realize this is if I offer a 10% discount on a product, I've got to make up 50% more sales of that product at that discounted rate in order to make the same amount of profit. Now, this might seem complicated, and it was to me at first, but if you can bear with me, I'll kind of take you through some simple maths. Now, imagine I'm selling 10 photos as a photographer. Now, I sell each of these photos at £10 each. So if I sell all 10, I make £100. But the cost of producing these photos is £7 a photo. So again, if I sell 10 photos for £100, I have to take away my production costs of £70, which is £7 a photo times 10. This leaves me with £30 profit. So my profit margin on selling each photo is £3. Therefore, if I sell 10, I make £30 profit. So imagine if we said, OK, I'm going to do a special deal and I'm going to reduce my price by 10%. So instead of selling the photos at £10 each, I'm going to sell them at £9 each. OK. So now I sell 10 photos at £9 each. 
and I make £90. Okay, with me so far? I hope so. But I've still got my production costs. They haven't reduced and they're still £70 for those 10 photos. So actually, I'm now only making £20 profit. So just to run through that again, each photo cost me £7 to produce and I'm selling it for £9, which means I'm making £2 a photo. I sell 10 photos. It costs me £70. I sell them and I make £90, but my profit margin is only 20 so in the original example, when they were selling at £10 each, I was making £30. In the new example with the 10% discount, I'm only making £20. So if I want to make up that £10 difference, I have to sell another five photos. Now, if you don't believe me, I'll do the maths. 15 photos at £9 is £135. My takeaway costs of production, because it's gone from 10 to 15 photos, has gone up to £105. So my Sales is 135, my cost is 105, my profit is 30 pounds again. The same as the original example when we were selling 10 photos at 10 pounds. So that 10% difference has reduced my margin, which means I've got to sell more to make that back up. So if you think that's bad, if I was to say offer a 15% discount, not much more than 10, I've now got to make up 100% more sales. So if we do the basic maths again, I know if you don't like maths, I get it, but this is kind of worth pointing out. The original example, 10 photos at £10 is £100. Take away my production costs, leave me £30 profit. Now, I've reduced my photos from £10 by 15% to £8.50 a photo. So I sell them for £8.50. I take away my production costs of £7, leaving me, I'm only making £1.50 on each photo I sell. So therefore, I've got to sell 20 photos at £8.50, gives me a total of £170. But my production costs, which haven't gone down, are £140, which means that's where I get my £30 profit from. So this is the thing of, I can either sell them at full price, and I sell 10 and I make 30 quid, or I discount them by 15 and I've got to now sell 20 to make my 30 quid. This is the unseen thing of discounting. And it's very easy to give away that kind of, oh, I can do it for less. But the problem is that you're going to have to sell more just to make your money back. So you need to probably weigh up, pardon me, what's the sweet spot that is going to be between how many more sales can I get for the discount? Now, if I reduce the cost by 15% and I'm actually, I sell, you know, maybe 400 times more, then it makes complete sense because they're selling much faster and I'm still making the money. So we, you always have to figure that out. But for me, what was devastating was, I was throwing in discounts into work. I would offer deals on, on pricing jobs because I wanted the job. And my shorthanded desperation to get the job meant that, unfortunately, I was leaving the margin behind and I was making less money. I was doing more work. So it didn't really work, make sense for me. So that was the first thing. Discounting can be devastating. So generally, as a rule, I say don't discount your services. It's far better to try and maybe add value and not reduce your price. So if you wanted to say add value, you could maybe throw something in that doesn't really cost you anything, or you could offer maybe a faster turnaround service, or maybe it's improved. Maybe there's a bit more handholding. Of course, the value you're adding is costing you something, but it's to do with the perceived value to the client. An example, going back to the hotel, would be I stopped offering 10% discounts on our rooms, and instead what I would do is give away a free bottle of champagne. So the difference is here that 
the perceived value. So imagine we have a room for £200 a night. And I go, OK, I'll give you 10% off. So now it's 180 and they book it. OK, that's fine. I've got the booking. I'm happy, but I've lost out on 20 quid. What I used to do then was, OK, if you book that room at £200, we'll give you a free bottle of champagne as a sort of complimentary upgrade kind of thing. Now, the champagne I bought for £15, but it retailed for 65 So the markup was massive. And for them, they were like, oh, wow, we're getting a £65 bottle of champagne included. They were really happy with that. And so was I, because I wasn't really losing out. I didn't reduce the money. I was making my markup on the bottle as original. I was selling the room for full price. And everyone was kind of happy. So I would always consider what you can do to add value into the service. Another way is to reduce the scope of what you're offering. So it might be a case of you might have added in multiple revisions, maybe like five rounds of revisions or three rounds of revisions. You might say, no, no, we're not going to do as many as that. So it's, it's less work time. So I'm not working for as long, but then you're getting a slightly lower price. If you're building websites, it might be that you offer less pages. And if you're a photographer, you might offer less photos. Uh, same as a copywriter, you might offer less words. It's always easier to reduce the amount of work you're going to have to do instead of reducing your, you know, and that's, that's to coincide with, you know, if I want to reduce my price, it's got to coincide with a reduction of my workload. So I'm not losing out because we don't want to reduce our price and then have the same amount of work to do. So in the first one, we said you can keep your price, keep your workload, but add value. In this, we can reduce our price and reduce our workload. Or you can go back to the client and go, well, that might be too expensive for you, but maybe you could reallocate your budget from somewhere else. Is there another department in your business? where you could maybe bring a bit of money across in the short term, knowing that you're investing with me, you're going to see a return on what we're making, and then you can put that budget back. The thing is, it's always better to try and, you know, in a way, like I said, stand your ground, don't give discounts, and maybe put the onus back on the client that they need to probably understand that they're investing in what you're doing, and, and you're going to give them a return, and it's going to be a shrewd investment, but it's going to be worth their while, so they have to value that investment, which means that you're not prepared to budge on your prices. And it's one of these things that I think when you start to do this and you stand your ground, you become much more comfortable with it. Um, and like anything, people treat you how you allow them to treat you. And if you stand your ground, they will respect you more and they won't try any sort of tricks or nonsense or rubbish with you. So that's always you know, good advice. The second learning, again, was from John McCarthy. And I'm, like I said, this is simple finance basics, but they really, really made a difference to me. And this is what he calls the five ways, which is a system that they run through Action Coach. And it's five ways that you can focus on your business and in, try to increase your, your profit. But it's kind of the compounding effect of those. So the five ways you would determine your business, and this is not going to be easy audio wise, but I might do a video on it. But what we have is you have your leads. So that's the number of inquiries that come into your business. And then we times your leads by your conversion rate. And that will give you the number of customers. So to illustrate a point, if I have 100 leads coming into my business, so that's emails, phone calls, whatever. If my conversion rate is 20%, I'm going to turn 20 of those leads into paid customers. So that's the first thing you're going to try to need to work on the number of leads coming into your business and then your conversion rate of those leads so that you can increase the number of customers you have. Now, once you've got your set number of customers, the two things that can you can try and look to increase is how many times they buy from you and the average cost of that sale each time they buy. If we look at, say, a coffee shop, we might go, well, 
a customer might buy from us once a week and they spend five pounds on a coffee. So what we're trying to do is go, can we get them to come back maybe two times a week so that they're spending 10 pounds, but actually can we sell them some sort of amazing cinnamon bun, personal weakness with that coffee. So maybe we can push that up to seven pounds. So we go from, you know, selling one coffee a week at five to maybe two coffees a week at seven each, which means you've gone from five to 14. That is going to increase your turnover. And once you've started to increase your turnover by increasing your sales and the cost, you know, how much money you're making from those sales, then you're going to work on your profit margin. And a bit like the photo example is like, what is your margin? What is your production costs that you have to take away from your sales? And that's what you're left with is your profit. So those are the things we need to focus on. So if I give an example here, now bear with me because I just want you to sit back and listen and we'll go through it. So imagine if I had 100 leads into my business and my conversion rate is 20%. That means that I get 20 customers. Now, each of those customers over a year, they'll buy from me twice. So that's, and the average time that they spend money is 5,000 pounds. So 20 customers on average do business with me twice a year. And each time they do business, they spend on average 5,000 pounds. So 20 customers spending 10,000 pounds a year is 200,000 pounds. So that's my turnover for the year. Now, I have to take away all my costs and my production staff and all that kind of stuff. And if my margin is 50%, that means out of that 200,000, I spend 50% of that on my costs. That means my costs are 100,000, leaving me with 100,000 profit, which is very nice and neat maths for someone like me who's crap at maths. So that's the thing. 20 customers leads to 100 grand. Now, what we're trying to do with the five ways, and you can do this in your business, you can say to me, okay, I want to get a 10% increase on some key areas that are going to add up. And the answer is like this. Okay, if I can increase the number of leads that come into my business by 10% over a year, that's so doable. So we go from 100 leads, which is phone calls, emails, inquiries, to 110. So that's nothing. You know, that's a very small increase. And we go, yeah, I can do that. I can run a Facebook campaign. I can ask for referrals. I can follow up a bit more. I can go to some networking. All those little things will make a difference in getting more leads into your business. So now we're getting more leads. We need to think about, well, how can we convert more of those leads and improve our conversion rate? So this might be, well, I might get better at talking to them on the phone. I might go and meet them instead of sending emails. I might, you know, whatever it might be. But if you can get your conversion rate up by 10%, so before we were converting 20% of those leads, we're now going to convert 22%. Again, it's a small gain. But what that difference makes is we've gone from 110 leads into our business at a 22% conversion rate. And we've gone from 20 customers from last year to 24 customers this year. So that's great. Those, those small differences have given us four new customers a year. So it's not huge, but it's definitely moving in the right direction. And the important thing to remember is it's easy to increase the number of leads by 10%. It's easy to increase your conversion rate by 2%. Oh, sorry, 10% to 20, you know, whatever. So what this does now is we have 24 customers and we go, okay, if they were buying on average twice last year, can we get the average up by 10%? So the average goes from 2 to 2.2. So that's on average 2.2 sales a year. Okay, that's not much. But what we also want to do is we're going to put our prices up by 10% as well so that we encourage them to spend a little bit more. So now instead of spending an average five grand a time, 
they're going to be spending five and a half grand a time. So when we put all this together, we have 24 customers who are buying on average 2.2 times a year, and they're spending five and a half grand each time. Now, what this does to our turnover is it turns it from 200 grand a year last year into 291,000 pounds this year. That's an increase of 91,000 pounds, which is extraordinary. That alone is pretty impressive. But the final bit where we're going to try and increase things is our margin. We're going to try and reduce our costs by 10% so we can increase that margin. So we go from 50% to 55%. So this might be maybe we you know, change your offices or we hire remote staff instead of physical staff, whatever it might be. You might cut some costs, you might change accountants, whatever. But if we increase our margin, so we're making a little bit more on the deal. And if I go back to last year to clarify this, last year we had £200,000. Our margin was 50%, which made, which meant that after everything was said and done, we made £100,000. This year, we're making £291,000. And our margin is 55%, which means our profit for the year is 160000 so last year we made £100,000. This year we're making £160,000. So that is a 60 grand or 60% jump in profits from just making those small incremental differences. So to relay that, we're going to try and increase our leads by 10%, our conversions by 10%, our number of sales by 10%, our average sale price by 10%, and our, we're going to reduce our margin by 10%. All of those things, compounding, make a massive difference in your business and that's why it's important to say this because i feel that those are things which are absolutely doable that anyone can focus on and like the easy thing is raising your prices you know you can start by just well if i just put my prices up i'm already halfway there then if i so you know i just need to ask for the sale a bit more maybe i need to do a bit more networking all of these if you focus and you have a compounding effect you'll see a massive difference in you know what you're doing and like how much money you're going to be making Okay, so now we're going to move on to good old classic questions such as raising my rates. How do I raise my rates? When do I do this? What's the best way to do it? All these kind of questions. For me, as a rule, I would say you should put your prices up with every new client you get. And if you're looking for a sort of a figure of how much to raise it by, uh, again, it's up to you. But uh, Gary Vaynerchuk recommends it should be 50% each time until the market says no. And I think he's right. He's a shrewd businessman. And you will find this out because if you keep putting your prices up and people go, OK, that's fine, they're not high enough. And if you put them up and then eventually people go, no, that's too much. And you get maybe four or five people in a row saying, no, it's too expensive. Then, you know, you've hit your threshold and you probably need to come down a little bit. But once you've done that, then you're in a position where like, I know I'm at the maximum that I can charge. So I'm not losing out. And if I want to go higher, what do I need to do about it? And that's a different conversation altogether, because now you're looking at how can I invest in myself? How can I improve the quality of my service? You know, what's the value perception of my business? All these other little variables. But generally, I would say you should be raising your prices with every new client you get. That's always my recommended thing. And you should start by doing that today. I'd put your prices up from what they are now. And like I said, the market will decide and they will tell you if they think you are too much. The other big question I get is, how do I raise my rates with existing clients? So clients I've been working with, you know, how do I breach that awful subject of I'm putting my prices up? And to be honest, it's not as bad as you think. And in all the times I've ever done it, I haven't received hardly any pushback. 
Because the question I put to you is, what happens if you say doubled your prices and you lost half your clients? The answer is you'd be making exactly the same in half the time. That's the difference. You would free up half your time, but yet you'd still have the same revenue. And that's the big thing. So it's like, well, okay, there's nothing to stop me. If I put them up, you know, that, that that's all very well. And you can say, you know, but that's easy just to say and be flippant about it. But how do I actually do this in a way that's maybe a bit more kind of, I'm not going to risk pissing people off. I'm not going to lose all my clients, you know, because then I'm, I'm going to go bust. And the answer is, you're not. The reality is, if you want to raise rates with your existing clients, you just have to tell them in advance and you have to explain why. And the majority of people will probably be fine with it. And those who leave, they leave. But I'm telling you now, the ones that leave are price focused. And in my experience, clients that are too price focused, um, I mean, look, I get it, I understand it. I'm, I'm not saying that they should all just give you an empty check, uh, you know, blank check and, you know, you please yourself. But I do think that the ones that are too price focused are often the ones who give us the most headaches because they scrutinize everything. So the way to do it is to say, okay, you tell them, you write an email and you say, I am going to be putting my prices up because of various reasons. So you let them know from this date, my prices are going up by this amount. This is why. And you explain why it might be. So you might be taking on new staff. You might have moved offices. It might be that you haven't put them up for a certain amount of time. You've deepened your knowledge, whatever it is. But it's always got to be within their interest. You know, it's not about, you know, I, I felt like I deserve more and like I want to get a new car. And this is one cool way to do it. No, you just go, you know, I haven't put my price up in the last five years. Since then, the studio has grown. I want to take on new people. I want to grow my business. And this is the one of the ways it's going to do it. But for you as a client, it means that we're going to be able to deliver a better quality of service because I can bring in real experts, which are going to help you with your marketing or your website conversion or whatever. So remind them that what you're doing is not purely a monetary grab. It's all to do with what can I do for you? You know, how can I help? Um, you're going to really benefit from this. Then you offer them a period of transition. So it's kind of, I'm going to be putting my prices up from this date. But as a loyal customer, I'm going to give you like a 90 day or, or 30 day or whatever period where all the work we do for you is going to be your old rates. And this gives you a chance to prepare for that in your budget because you probably haven't budgeted for this. Uh, and also potentially leave me for someone else if you feel that this isn't going to work. And then when it's done, you set off a cutoff date that, and then you never go back. An example is this is a, sort of an email that you might want to send out. So it would be, I'm excited to share some changes I'm making to my services that are going to help you. And then obviously you can tell them how. Since we started working together, I've been restructuring my business so it's even better for you. I've become more selective with the clients I'm working on so I can devote more attention to you and start working on some new campaigns. I'm also making some changes around my pricing structure. My rates will be increasing from X to Y, effective from Z. If this doesn't work for you, please let me know. I'd be happy to recommend another agency that gives a better fit for your pricing needs. If this does work for you, here's my plan for the next 30 days and the goals I want to accomplish. Now here, you would spell out exactly what your plan is for the client. So they kind of know and you're showing that there is a change. There's a new initiative. You're outlining the value they're going to receive and they can get excited about, okay, it's going to go up a little bit, but actually what he's got planned is kind of this is worth it. And you sign up for going, if you've got any questions, let me know. I'd love to keep working with you. That's it. You're being clear, you're outlining your point, you're setting the parameters and you're justifying your price rate. And you just send this out to everyone. It's not hard. Um, 
And you'll be surprised because I would have thought that 90% of your clients will be, that's fine. Not a problem at all. And you've already are one step closer to sort of making more money in your business. So that's how you, um, you know, you raise your rates with your existing clients. Now, what about raising rates with previous clients? An old client comes back to you and they kind of go, oh, look, you know, we'd love you to do some work. And they're kind of hoping for the old rates they had. And they're trying to go, they're going to use that thing of there's more work in the pipeline or I've been going to recommend you to people. All these kind of, they're going to dangle all these incentives, but you can't can't fall for these because they very rarely ever work out. And it all comes down to supply and demand. So since they've been away, you've got busier. Now, whether you are or you're not, doesn't matter. The key is you need to reduce your availability because things have changed and you're not as available as you once were. And what this does, this sets up the conversation for justifying your new prices. So when they say, oh, you know, we want to work with you and you say, well, that's great. I'm not actually available until this date, but I do have someone in my team who can handle it for you. Um, so that's fine. And then you can give them the price. This is the price. And if they go, oh, but we really want you and you go, OK, the thing is, if you really want me, I've got to bring in someone to cover my workload so I can jump on your job. So there's the cost of me and there's the cost of the person I've got to bring in, which means the prices are going to go up. Um, but if you're OK with that, I can arrange to make that happen. Let them decide. Or if they want it last minute or over the weekend, you're going to say that costs more because we've got to keep the studio open and I've got to get people in. and We've got to do work. And typically and, and you just quote your studio rates or your day rates. And uh, I would tend to double them at weekends. It's easy maths. but when I was working ages ago, years ago, um, like I'm talking of doing advertising for Channel 4, and our day rate was 3.50 a day, and it was 700 a day at weekends, and that was a long time ago, and they didn't care at all because they needed the work done. So I'm just saying to you, I would double your rates at weekends, and I would reduce your availability so that if they want you, they have to pay more because they're paying for the person you're going to bring in to handle the work plus your time as well. Uh, whether you bring in someone to handle the work is up to your discretion. I'm not saying you should lie, but I think you just have to reframe the conversation to kind of go, you know, I'm not as sort of available, as desperate for work as I was because I've since gone with other clients and because I've been doing what Thad says and putting my price up with every new job, I'm actually making a lot more. So it doesn't really work, make sense to really come back and work with you because your rates are so low. I don't make any, make anything on, on it really. Now, I always find that if they sort of uh, push back and they go, oh, but we really want our old prices or they're making a fuss or they're being whingy, then this kind of script that Chris Doe came up with, I think is a really good comprehensive kind of polite way of putting it. And this is what he would say, which is, I truly appreciate your business and loyalty over the years. I feel conflicted because while I enjoy working with you, I'm losing money. Our studio services and overhead have grown and we currently charge clients twice as much. I'm really hopeful that you'll continue working with us. And if you choose to do so, I can give you a one-off deal. So it might be, I mean, he's put here a discount as a token or as your appreciation. I wouldn't give discounts. I've just told you. So I would say we can do this job as a one-off gesture at your previous rate. But from then on, it will be at the new studio rate. And when you send over the quote or the invoice, and this is a, the thing I learned from Blair Enns, who does the, who's written the amazing Price and Creativity book, which is a lot, where a lot of my information and knowledge is coming from. I have to be honest, it's such a phenomenal book. Um, and as well as business coaches, that, that's been you know seminal. But he says you highlight the discount and you make it very clear that this is a one-off discount. 
So when they come back to you a further time and said, oh, last time we got our usual rates and they try it on, you can go, no, no, this was a one-off discount as we agreed. Do you want me to resend the invoice where it highlights that clearly? And once they know that you've got the invoice and you can send it and catch them out, they'll accept your new rates. So that would be that thing there. The other option we'd like to talk about is retainers or payment plans. And if we continue with the theme of, of Blair Ends and what, how he recommends doing retainers, from my point of view, um, when I was talking to my other business coach, Matthew Kimberly, he was saying that having a payment plan is a great way of spreading the cost of a bigger deal. Because I, I kind of agree that if you're pricing on a job, you can land bigger jobs by doing payment plans. For example, imagine if I was to do a, a total rebrand and web, web design project and it came in at £20,000. If I'm going to ask for ten grand up front as a sort of deposit from the client and then ten grand on completion, I think that's kind of unreasonable expecting people to cough up a lump that big, you know, before we've even started. It doesn't really work. It's not kind of how businesses work. But if you were to say, look, how about we spread the cost so that it's, uh, you know, you can pay it in two lumps, or maybe we can do it so it's like, and now my math is terrible, but let's just say for argument's sake, uh, £1,600 a month spread over 12 months. And they're going to go, yeah, that makes a lot more sense to us. That allows us to sort of manage our budgets and we can actually begin to get a return on the work you're doing while you're doing it. So that's fantastic. And the difference is going to be clients will say no to the 20 grand offer if it's structured in the two lump sum way, but they won't say no to the 20 grand offer if it's structured, even if it's a grand a month for 20 months, the point being is it has to they have to be able to absorb that cost and justify it. And so I've certainly found that when you if you want to land bigger jobs, offering a kind of payment plan or a lease option to the job is where you're going to, you know, land those bigger jobs. And even if it was I said, OK, it's either 20 grand sort of in one in two lumps or it's two grand a month for 12 months. So you're paying 24 grand overall instead of the 20, but it's a manageable thing. And we've all seen this with car payments. That, that's what you do. You go, fine. I know it's longer, but it's spread out, which suits my finances better. And so you can actually probably even go and land bigger jobs or get bigger quotes because you're offering the payment plan option. The other bit, which is the retainer option, I've always found retainers quite hard. I found that particularly with kind of branding, um, unless they're an amazing client, uh, hello, Sequoia and Donna and Kim and the team who are amazing and they do a retainer with me and I'm, I'm in, I, I love working with them and they're very unusual. So I can't, it's possible, but there aren't many people as amazing as those, you know, Donna and Kim. But generally, if you're offering a retainer, it's got to be probably linked to a, like an investment like marketing or Facebook ads or pay-per-click so they can kind of, every month they see, they spend their money, they get a tangible return. With sort of branding and things, it's kind of tricky. So, what you could offer, and this is again where Blair Ends makes a suggestion, is you could offer it for consulting or strategic guidance, as he puts it, which is where you might go, look, if you want to have me available for 12 months as a kind of consultant to come in and check in with your business and give you advice, if you book up for 12 months now, I can give you, I, you know, I'll charge you just for 10. So you give them a slight deal, but then you land the job. Instead of trying to kind of every month find a reason for why they're paying you, you lock them into a year's worth of retained work and then you're available to come in once a month and do some consulting and check in and, and provide value that way. The other way um, is to do a retainer, which is, as, again, as Blair puts it, implementation capacity, which is queue jumping. Effectively, it's this thing of 
okay, if we need you and we have an emergency, I want you to be able to jump on this project straight away and push everything to the side and push us to the front of the queue, which is kind of like insurance. So they might go, okay, uh, we want some sort of web design retainer. And if we have an immediate project or an immediate problem, we want to be able to call on you and you jump on it. Is that something you could do? And you go, yeah, absolutely. This is what you're paying for. It's kind of like damage limitation. And if it will be a lower rate uh, and we won't charge our fee for doing the job, but it will be just a constant sort of regular retainer. And then if there's any emergencies, we agree to jump on. So that they're the two that generally work. Final thing, and those are my lessons in finance. All I found extremely valuable and helpful to the way I structure and change my business. But this quote is what I will leave you with. And it's an extremely powerful one from Matthew Kimberley, who is also going to be a guest. He's a phenomenal business coach and sales master. And this quote is, undercharging will delay your career by years. And it's so poignant and powerful because it's true. It's amazing when you start to raise your rates because you find a bit more confidence and you realize, oh, my God, I've been charging far lower than I should have been for years. That's when you realize, oh, my God, what was I thinking? And the confidence that comes with putting your rates up and people value what you do and you pay them, that's phenomenal. And you'll never look back and it will just open up this door of like, oh, God, I've gone from second gear to fourth gear to fifth gear. Boom. And I'm off. And it's amazing because it justifies you. You feel fantastic because people are paying. You get this boost in confidence and it will make a massive difference. So I would implore you now, first thing you do, put your prices up. Finish listening to this podcast, put your prices up by 50%. Who cares? Just do it. See what people say. You know what to say. If it's new people, if it's new clients, that's fine. They won't know any different. If it's old clients, just say you're putting your prices up. If you're doing it with existing clients, I'd probably go, 20% maybe, conservative, you can judge that. But put your prices up today. You're the only person that can do it. And I promise you, all you need is for one client to just pay those new rates and you will never look back. And that's it. So send me your questions. Um, that's the end of this podcast. I will be doing a Q&A in future podcasts. If I promise to do one in this one, I apologize. I will do it in the next one. Thank you. I will speak to you soon. And as always, you can catch me in the group. I would love it if you would like and subscribe and share this with other people. I want to try and get more ratings. So any reviews or any subscriptions or any sharing you could do, hugely appreciated. And that's it. Have a great day.